Welcome to Stick Your Peace Podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Uh, we have kind of a, an emergency big pod that we have to do here, talking about free agency trades in the NHL world. Uh, it is Thursday, July 29th. Uh, we're joined by SYP creator Scott. Scott, um, your thoughts on the last few days of hockey and all that's taken place. Let me just say. Every, every single thing. It was absolute chaos. Um to start and i think there's that's why we're doing this pod there's a lot to go through and um yeah i don't know where to, i don't honestly don't know where to start but maybe we can start with um we should even we should even branch out further to not just free agency but also the acquisitions even leading up from the expansion draft as because that that's had a big influence on this whole like two week kind of period type of thing um i was gonna say so let me I'll, i can also pull up tsn trade tracker now that you think about it but pretty much so on this podcast, we've discussed, not you and I, but like I talked, we, we had a conversation with Raven Callum the other day. Pretty much we have been, I think we're up to the Sam Reinhardt trade. I think that was the last trade that we actually discussed was like Sam Reinhardt. Got so it. Okay. We're a little bit behind there. But again, we're recording this on Thursday morning. This is also, I think this is one of like our earlier podcasts that I think we've like our first pod in a long time that we've done before 5 p.m. Oh, probably. I mean, we've done a few in the morning. We did remember the um, we're on a boat. Part one was around this time. That was a, That was a morning pod. I, the one that came to mind for me was when we potted with Jeremy about uh, uh, Super Bowl and football. Oh yeah, but we had to um, we had to accommodate for his time schedule. Yes, for his for his time. So that's why we had to do it that early. Um, so basically, we got the daily faceoffs, twenty twenty one top seventy five free agents in front of us. This article came out before Wednesday, so this is basically like a preview of all the top free agents heading into free agent frenzy on Wednesday. Uh, obviously, number one, the most coveted free agent was Dougie Hamilton. He signed with the New Jersey Devils. Gabriel Landeskog was number two. Philip Grubauer was number three. Blake Coleman was number four. Linus Allmark was number five. Uh, I guess we should start with the Dougie Hamilton trade, considering he was the most coveted free agent, but... Curious to know what your thoughts are on the Hamilton to New Jersey signing. Yeah, um, I oh, I would say this shoots New Jersey kind of out of their rebuild and back into contention-ish. It's really weird that they're paying Hamilton and Subban both $9 million. Um, I don't understand, like, why Subban's still here. I think the Devils were sort of expecting that he would be taken by the Kraken. But, again, that's... I don't know. It's it's interesting, but it, I mean, I will say the right side of the New Jersey defense is pretty unreal. Hamilton signed a seven-year, $63 million deal with the Devils. He has a no-boob clause, essentially, uh, through his entire contract. The Devils' defense right now. Devil, yeah, Devils actually don't look bad. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, P.K. Subban, Damon Severson, 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 I think. Ryan Graves, Jonas uh, Siegenthaler, Yep. Ty Smith, Christian Yaros. I mean, that's a pretty good defense score. We saw the decor. All things considered. Um, I mean, I think there was some thought that Hamilton would go back to Carolina. He didn't go back to Carolina. I was kind of hoping he would, not going to lie. But again, if he's the right fit in New Jersey, then he's the right fit in New Jersey. And that's, you know, good for him. And um, he got, he got, he secured the bag, that's for sure. I, don't, I was going to say, I was gonna, that's kind of the, the whole trend for the Hurricanes, this whole free agency or even expansion drafts. Just they're not going to pay anybody 
a huge amount of money. Like I think Svechnikov or Aho, I think was the big deal when they when they when Montreal offer sheeted him. That was offer sheeted him, yeah. But again, Aho's their you know the central piece. He's the number one center. He'll be around for a long time in uh, Raleigh. So. Mm-hmm. so Dougie Hamilton goes to New Jersey. Gabriel Landis Gabriel Landeskog stays with Colorado. I believe it was seven by seven. Was that deal? That sounds right. Oh, eight by seven, I think. Eight by seven. Yes, I think they actually gave him the extra year. Um, not surprising. I think I think there was a little bit of Seattle traction. Granted, Seattle took another one of Colorado's big free agents, but I it, it always kind of just made sense for Landis God to stay with Colorado, be an Avalanche. He's their he's their captain, right? And again, he's. Yeah. It's to me, it's not a surprise. Um, I think there was talk if he could get better money elsewhere or a better chance at a cup, um, then he would do it. But I think his best chance is actually in Colorado for a cup. And I, yeah, I, I, I really, I mean, that team is so loaded. It's too bad they didn't get there this year in a way because they were one of the best teams this year. But yeah, like you say, eight years, uh, $56 million, similar deal to Hamilton, just two million less. Uh, for an AAV, I mean, the Avs are still really good. I know they their defense kind of took a little bit of a hit, you know, now because they're having to send out Ryan Graves and they brought in Curtis McDermott to replace him, and their goaltending is going to be a bit shaky possibly next season too. But well, I have Darcy Kemper now. That was yes. what happened yesterday. Kemper was sent to the Avalanche Exchange for. It was a first-round pick and something else, I think. It was. And I think you wanted a prospect. That sounds right. Uh, where is it here? I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't find it. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it here. Um, Stats guy Scott is going to pull it up here. So pretty much the the two most coveted players sign big deals. One in it, and one in a new location, one in their old location. Things really start to get interesting at the third spot with Philip Grubauer going to the Seattle Kraken. So Grubauer, yeah. Grubauer, he yep. signed a, where is it here? Bill Grubauer signed a six year, $35.4 million deal with the Kraken. He gets a, he has a no trade clause in his yep. first three years and then yep. a modified no trade clause in the last three years. Now, what I know about this was that they, the, Ron Francis in Seattle was not expecting Grubauer to get to market. Yeah, I, yeah, 100%. So, because Seattle in the expansion draft, they took Drieger, they took Vidic Vanacek, who I thought was going to be their pick from Washington anyways. Really good young goalie. And they also took Joey Decord from Ottawa. Now, they signed Grubauer. They didn't think he'd get there, but they signed him and then they traded Vanacek back to Washington for a second round. Pick. Yeah. Yep. I think it was a third, second or third round pick. Yeah. Um, the trade was um, Connor Timmons, who's a defense. Connor Timmons, that's who it is. And a first round pick for Darcy Kemper for that, that trade there. So basically, Grubauer goes to Seattle, Vanacek goes back to Washington, and Kemper from Arizona goes to Colorado. Uh, Connor Timmons. He might be a top four guy in Arizona. Not this year, but he will. Not, th- not this year, but he might. He has the potential to be. But it's also because of just how loaded uh, 
the Colorado decor uh, has been that he hasn't got his probably full opportunity yet. Kind of like the Hayden Flurry situation out in Carolina. Watched, yeah. He got traded to Anaheim for uh, Yanni Hockenpah and a, I believe. Um, but it, it just, point is, like, he wasn't um, doing anything because he was behind so many good defensemen in Carolina. Now he's got a good goal and and I'm but now Seattle because the Kraken drafted him and good pick on the Kraken's part if you ask me. Well, it, it's, it's so it's fascinating. So Grubauer is now going to be the starting goalie for Seattle and then Drieger is kind of like the 1B who yep. he's got three and a half million due to him over the next three years. Mm-hmm. I Here's the thing. I, I'm going to get into it now. Seattle's making the playoffs, I think, this season. I think the Kraken have one of the best defensive cores in the entire league. Yep. They probably have one of the best trios of goalies in the entire league. And I think it's probably going to be a boring team to a certain extent, considering there's not a lot of scoring options on the team right now. Right. But this team is going to grind and play good defensive hockey for 82 games to get into the playoffs. That, that's my hot take with Seattle. I, I think they I think they are better with the Groove Hour signing than before the Groove Hour signing. I agree with you there too, but do you think Beneers is going to play right, right out of the gate? Uh, probably not right out of the gate. He might. I, I don't see it happening, but he, he might. He might play his college season and then come and play in the playoffs. You thinking? Yeah, that's what I think would happen is that he just plays either another year at Michigan or he... I don't know if there's like a, a, a CHL rights for him. The the Kraken are the Kraken are uh, splitting their AHL team uh, with Florida, so it's a Charlotte che- Charlotte che- Charlotte Checkers right. are Seattle's AHL team, so they're splitting it with Florida. So he again, he probably doesn't need to be the guy that goes to the AHL team as well. But Meniers, I'm sure, will he'll slide in somewhere at some point with Seattle yeah. this, this upcoming year. I mean, he should play, he should play in Michigan this year because of how good they are going to be, especially with him. Um, it seemed like, after that, yeah. I was going to say, it seemed like every draft prospect would either went to the university of Michigan or played in Europe. Yeah. Pretty, well, I mean, pretty much. That's all you can, I think the top CHL prospect or pick was Dylan Gunther, I believe. That sounds right. That was properly like playing in, in the CHL. No, mm-hmm. McTavish, sorry. McTavish. Yeah, McTavish, McTavish, your boy, Mason McTavish, who you're already forgetting. Um, so that's Grubauer at three. Any, do you have any thoughts on the Grubauer deal? Or it's just, it's. I like it. Stand, standard uh, high, high level starting goal. He's not elite, but he's high level starter. Um, I would say, yeah, six by six is good, or about six by six is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, he's going to be the starter in Seattle for a while here. I, I can't imagine, especially with a no trade clause, uh, that he wouldn't be the starter. Uh, number four on, on Frank Cervelli's list is Blake Coleman, who signs with the Calgary Flames. Um, it's, I, how, how do I, so it's a six year deal. With a $29.4 million value. So he's got an AAB of 4.9 until the year 2027. I like Coleman. I hate that contract. It's going to bite Calgary in the ass in a couple of years, not going to lie. That, he, he, he does seem like a Flames player, though. Like a, a tough, gritty, you know, grind him down. He seems like a good, you know, 
fit for the yeah, flames. That, that's, a, that's a flames pickup, no doubt about it. But I don't know if he's worth four and a half, like five million dollars per year. I think he's maybe worth like four, four and a half, maybe. No, the problem with those kind of guys, like those are those are the guys that should be your value picks. Like you don't build a team around those kind of guys. Those right. are the guys that you like have as like, you know, your value options that yeah. you know aren't aren't gonna be the stars, but they are gonna be a, a contributing factor in your success. Uh Coleman is 29 right now, and he will be a flame until he is 35. You know, that's, that doesn't sound as bad as people think it it, it is. It's it's really not horrible. Um I guess another thing with that signing is that I guess Tree Living thinks that there's some sort of really good fit with him with some of the guys in Calgary, be it a Lindholm, a Dubé, uh, Kachak even. Um, Lucic. Yeah, <laughs> Lucic. So I'll have to uh, talk to our Calgary Flames consultant and uh, see what his thoughts are on this situation. But um, it's, it's okay. It's a lot of money for a guy that's placed third line minutes, but it's the problem, well, here's the thing. So my, my problem with the Flames is that they have an identity crisis. Like, I don't know what the Flames are. They always have, though. They've had that for a long time. They have for a while now. And I guess the Coleman signing means they're going to be more of a Daryl Sutter physical, less of a finesse team, and more of a hard-nosed, it's a, I, 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 I don't know what to make of it. That's, well, if that's the case, then Goudreau should be gone or should go by the end of, by the end of this offseason. But that's a, that's a whole other conversation. That's another conversation. Uh, also on the list, uh, rounding out the top five, is Linus Olmark, former Buffalo Sabres netminder. He signed with the Boston Bruins for four years, $20 million. So $5 million AAV. He's 27 years old. I really, I think the Bruins were one of the winners of free agent friends. Oh, the Bruins definitely won free agency. Are you kidding? Yeah, like no that—that's a really good deal, I think, for for Boston to get uh, a one B, maybe one A option with Tuka Rask. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, and because Yaroslav Halak went to Knox, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, again, just replaces the backup essentially. So. So. Yeah. Omar gets to be the the maybe not the starter. It kind of depends on the health of Rask, and I think I think he is coming back. But um, I, I I really like that sign. That's a really good signing, I think, for the Bruins to get a, a quality netminder for the next four years, who they can not maybe plug and play, but they can at least just like here's our goalie. We'll go with him. We'll ride with him for a little bit and see how it goes. Because he could probably start 40, 45 games for them next season. Yeah, he could. He could. I don't think he will. I think he'll be like their main, their backup. But like Chukarask will play 50 games and he'll play 30, 35 games kind of thing. Like the sounds of that. All right, number six on this list, uh, Tyson Berry. So now we can get into our Oilers conversation here. So Tyson Berry signs a three-year, $13.5 million contract, a $4.5 million AAV I, here's the thing. I like Barry. I think he's a fine defenseman. I, I think you know what you're getting with Tyson Barry. Yeah. But the Oilers' defense is uh, Noah's Bueno. I think the Oilers' defense is need, is not great. That's you've made that very clear. 
but tell us we tell us your hot take that you said earlier so my hot take i kind of again i've been, I've been workshopping this a little bit i think the oilers are missing the playoffs this season i no, think I they're that. i here's the thing the oilers are missing the playoffs somehow in a week pacific their defense not good I, I i think their defense will struggle quite a bit this upcoming season mike smith I'm just going off the law of averages. I think Mike Smith is going to struggle and probably Miko Koskinen is going to struggle next season as well. I think they'll score a whole bunch of goals for the most part because they have a bunch of new forwards that they're bringing in. Yeah. But so they, so the Oilers right now, let me, let me pull this up. The Oilers right now, according to cap friendly have 1.2 1.2 million in current cap space. Okay. And they still haven't signed Kyler Yamamoto and Warren Fogle, who they just acquired yesterday for Ethan Bear. Ken Holland is running this fucking team like he ran the 2010 Red Wings. <laughs> and they are just, this is the start of the decline. McDavid and Drysaddle are going to be out here in like a few years. Because this team is going to be so ass and so dog shit. And it starts with missing the playoffs this year. I would love to hear that just five second clip of you saying that to backfire on you. It totally could. Like, it it totally could. This is me, like, me really going out here and really branching out by saying that they're going to miss the playoffs this year. But I just don't see it with their defense. And it's, it's like the complete opposite of Seattle where Seattle will struggle scoring, but they'll be really good defensively. They'll be really good in net. And Edmonton, I am very concerned about their defense and their goaltending coming up this season. And that's no offense to Tyson Berry. I, I don't mind Tyson Berry as the player. He obviously, You know what you're getting with Tyson Berry. He will score a whole bunch of points. He will be an offensive threat, but he is not going to help out a lot on the back end. Same with Cody Cece. I, I just don't see it. What do you think about Tyson Berry? What do you think about the Oilers? You, you can be more positive than I can, I'm sure. I definitely can. Yeah, Ian, you're pretty uh, low on the Oilers. Not gonna lie. I think the Oilers make a playoff, but that's more of a byproduct of the division they're playing in versus um, them actually being that good. Um, they're be- I guess the Oilers are, be- are, I guess, Ken Holland. Ken Holland's banking on uh, same performance from Mike Smith. He's banking on CeCe and Berry and um Bouchard to all step up and be what they need to be they need to be good I think the Bouchard influence is going to be big he's he better play this year because he was good he was really effective last year and um no reason why he shouldn't play um the Oilers forward core just got a whole lot better and Bear Bear I mean Bear's defensive but Bear's gone um Fogel's in I like Fogel he's a good fit and he'll be a big kind of two-way check kind of checking third line guy um, I like the fit. Zach Hyman instantly makes that team better like that. Um, I like it. I, I think the Oilers make the playoffs, but it won't, it'll be tight. It'll be between them and maybe the Flames or the Kings for the last playoff spot, but they'll make the playoffs. That, that's our Tyson Berry Edmonton Oilers conversation. Let's throw it over to another West, another Pacific team, I should say. Philip Deneau and the LA Kings agreed yeah. to a six-year, was it 35? I'm just pulling it up now. Do, 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 do. Where is he? 
basically, he signs with the Kings after being with Montreal. And I can't seem to find it for whatever reason. Come on. There it is. All right. Six years, $33 million. He has an AAV of five and a half million with the Kings. They just have every center in the world, apparently, in LA, which is good because apparently centers are useful. Um, how do you see the Dino signing working out for the Kings and Dino? I think Dino wanted to be part of a uh, young team and a team that was on the up. And I think the Kings are very well on the up. Um, I don't know. He, sh- he should have gone to their neighbors in uh, Orange County, but that's just my opinion. Um, it's, yeah, I think I think the it's a good signing. I like I like the signing for Dino, and I mean I don't like the Kings, but who doesn't? Who likes the Kings anyways? Um, so I kind of like the Kings. They're actually pretty fun. Well, you're. I don't like. I'm you. a real I'm a real asshole. In case people who are like just starting to listen to the podcast now, I, I'm the real asshole of it. This is like a good cop bad cop situation. Whenever Scott and I are on the podcast, he's like the good cop who's friendly and upbeat, and I'm just the bad cop who's like, "Fuck the Oilers. This team is shit." Yeah, that's that's how we work. <laughs> they, they they call us Ron and Don for a reason. So, um, yeah, um, they call me Ron McLean. Ian's Don Sherry, but not without the racism. Yeah, sure. And misogyny. Um, no, listen, I, I like the move for the Kings. Listen, the Kings are going to be good next season. Now, I don't know. I, I should say they'll be 500 next year, which is like good enough in the NHL to make the playoffs. So they, maybe no, whoa, 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 no, maybe in that division. Yeah. 500 is good enough. To make yeah. But I don't think they'll make like they won't break 500. There's better teams in the division than the, the Kings. I'm just there's at least four better teams in that division. So let, okay, so let's go. Since we're having this debate, let's go through the Pacific Division. Sure. Okay, so you have Vegas, who Vegas I think is the one. clear consensus number one team. Okay. Yes. I think Seattle is the number two team in that division. Oh, you know, before you, they signed Schwartz and Wenberg, I wouldn't. I would have disagreed with you, but yes, that they have. Yes, they have a at least a solid-ish first line. Yes, they they. And again, I still think there's moves to be made for Seattle. I don't think this is like this is everything. I still think there's moves to be made for Seattle. So that's why I'm I'm saying they're number two in the Pacific. Not shit. They're just the, number, the second best team in the Pacific. Yeah. I have the Vancouver Canucks number three in the Pacific Division. I don't disagree with that. I actually don't. I think it, I'm with you there. Yeah. I I think Demco. If you can rely, listen. I think the forward PD especially will bounce back. I think PD will bounce back this upcoming season. Probably Besser will bounce back. I don't know about OEL, but he's at least a short-term upgrade compared to all the other guys who you had. And Connor Garland, who's a really good top top six forward for that team. Their top six is rounded out with Garland, and also their third line is stacking up to look unbelievably good. Yes. So I that's why I have Vancouver as the third best team in that division. Okay. The fourth best team, for my money, is the LA Kings. Because I, I believe that the Kings, with all the young prospects that they have, they still have a fair bit of cap space. I don't know what the Jonathan Quick, Cal Peterson situation is going to be like in net next year. But I'm willing to put money on the Kings making the playoff. I think that should be our SYP bet for next year is I have the Kings making the playoffs. Seattle, I don't know how we do this, but like 10 bucks that the Kings make the playoffs and another 10 that the Oilers miss. Okay. Like a parlay pretty much. Yeah, I don't know how we do that because I don't, 
I don't have my ducks in here, so I, I'd want to put money in. Okay, my well, your ducks are going to be with San Jose in the basement next season, okay? Yeah, okay. Like, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm sorry to break this news for you. They'll be better than the Sharks, but they won't They won't make the playoffs. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see if they were, they're better than the Sharks. As long as John Gibson's in that, they're not going to finish the last. Can I just say the team that I have the least amount of faith in right now is Calgary. I just don't know what the I just don't know what their identity is. I just don't know who they like. I don't think they know who they are, which is why I don't know who they are. Yeah, the Blake Coleman signing we talked about a bit earlier. It was a little odd why they would do that. Like, are they? I guess they think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyways, uh, that's specific. Right. Uh, well. Who, so who do you have in the top four? Then I was going to talk about the Ryan Suter, but do you have a top four? Oh, okay. run? Um, I have this, the same top three as you, and I'd throw Edmonton in there instead of Los Angeles. Los Angeles is another year away, but next year they'll be making the playoffs, I would hope. Okay. All right. Um, let's see if we can just round out this top ten quickly in free agency, and then we can talk about some other things. Uh, Ryan Suter signed a four-year, uh, $14.6 million deal with the Dallas Stars, obviously bought out by the Minnesota Wild. He's 36 years old. He has a no-move clause for the entire contract. Yep. I guess it's not a horrible signing. No, it's not. The term might be a little bit much for a 36-year-old, but I think he was wanting the, 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 the term anyways. Yeah. And he'll play that long. He'll play till he's 40. His play style suits – he could play till he's 45. He's like Chelios to me. Pretty much. I guess the question is, does this put, push the stars into the playoffs? Because, yeah. I mean, you, you, have a weir- you have a weird central division as well where you have Colorado. I guess Winnipeg might be the second best team. The Blues, maybe? <laughs> I was going to say, um, excuse me, um, yeah, St. Louis or Winnipeg. Uh, it's going to – the center is going to be an absolute mess. And I can almost – I can make an argument for the Blackhawks being in, in the playoff picture. Yeah, I think there's – I don't think it's a great argument, but I think you can make the argument that the, the Blackhawks – there, yeah. Um, I think that's a fine signing for Dallas, Ryan Suter, for four years. I like it. He's going to play third. I mean, he's not going to have to much minutes like he used to in Minnesota because, again, mm-hmm. you look, there's all the guys. There's Heiskanen. There's Klingberg. Um, there's um, Lindell as well, who's there. Uh, Alexiak's gone. He's not a Kraken. But um, I think Suter kind of replaces him in a way and provides, like, some veteran intangibles that Heiskanen and Klingberg and Lindell can kind of learn from and take from his advice and his, you know, his, like, tenure in the NHL and, um, he's a good third pair indeed. I like it. I was going to say, if, if this is the Alexiak signing, which I'm sure it is, uh, it's a pretty good replacement for, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid replacement suited yeah. for, uh, for Alexiak. Um, all right. Uh, number nine, Keith Yandel might be one of my favorite contracts of the entire uh, off season going to Philadelphia. Yeah. For what was it? Nine hundred thousand dollars this upcoming season. Nine hundred thousand dollars one year, no trade. He's thirty-four years old. It's a steal. It's a it's steal. Kind of like a, it's kind of like a bet on yourself kind of contract. Like he's in a way he's gonna be going to Philly, and wow, that 
Flyers decor is looking pretty good, I must say. So the Flyers decor, as we speak right now, uh, looks like Ivan Provorov, Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Ristolainen, Justin Braun, Keith Yandel, and Travis Sanheim, who's an RFA. They still have to re-sign Sanheim, but still. <clears throat> That's still pretty good, though, i got to say. I must say, I, I do. I am a fan of that defensive core. And again, Ristolainen, yeah, I was shit in Buffalo, but will he be shit in Philly? We don't know that. Um, Ellis is Brian Ellis. He's unreal. Also in the system is Cam York, Wyatt Wiley, Mason Millman. We, I think we've talked about that with Philadelphia for the last few years, just how solid their decor has been with their prospects yeah. and their system. Uh, yeah. And now it just looks like it's going to be a unit this upcoming season. It's significantly improved from last year. I think that was the thing that the Flyers were missing a bona fide number one defenseman. And now I would say Ryan Ellis is that for them. So the Flyers in what is going to be a fucking just shit show Metro, just not in a good way. Like it's going to be so fun to watch next year, the Metro with the arms race of talent that everybody oh, has. Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable, I gotta say. That's it, probably the best division in hockey. Well, okay, the Atlantic's pretty good too, but. Um, I would have to probably take the Metro because it just looks so good right now. Yeah. Um, finally, rounding out the top 10 on Frank's list, uh, Mike Hoffman signs a three year, $13.5 million deal with the Montreal Canadiens. He struggled a bit with St. Louis last year. He, for whatever reason. He was never a fit in St. Louis. No. He was kind of there to replace a then-injured Tarasenko in a way. Um, But he just never was the right fit for whatever reason. So it's it's another, shall we say, significant free agent sign for the Habs who got to Foley last season. uh, And then they traded for Josh Anderson. I, I'm guessing this is another top six forward for Montreal. He's not like he's not replacing Corey Perry or anything like that. It's more of just the adding another scoring option to your team that struggled scoring goals last year. Especially you could see yeah. it in the finals against Tampa Bay. Yeah, he's a, he's an option. I think I think it'll be better this year. So you can Kakinami and even Caulfield's going to play full time and. Um, yeah, it's that the, the Canadians are interesting, especially with their draft pick they made. Um, they'll be an interesting team to watch. They, I mean, they, all, they always are, but especially this coming year with what they've done and how they're going to try um, handle this next uh, upcoming year, for sure. So I'm just looking at the rest of the players here. Um, is there anybody that you – do you have an, another standout or favorite free agent signing that you really like that you – I mean, it seemed like everybody signed everywhere on Wednesday, but yeah, it was unbelievable how what everyone you know how many signings were made. Um, I'm just quickly looking at this. The one of the signings that really sticks out to me, um, man, there's a lot I could talk about. Um, oh. should we have the Tony D'Angelo conversation? Oh, I was gonna talk about. Frederick Anderson and Carolina. Um, uh, sure, let's talk about Carolina. Maybe we'll just go through a, a quick rundown of teams then because Carolina, they got Frederick Anderson. They, who, have, a number, they have a number one goalie now. They have a number one goalie, which I think is kind of too bad how everything kind of transpired in Toronto, just how 
kind of ended and that's how he, he you know he's going he's got the fourth most wins all time in toronto and they basically just said yeah we're good which i guess i mean that's you know that happens sometimes but that's hockey though right and again now i think the Leafs have two pretty damn good goalies in campbell and Morazic, but so anderson's still better than well so, I don't, better than Morazic for sure so they have frederick anderson who signed a two-year $9 million contract, four and a half AV, AV, and Anti Ranta, who they signed for two years and $4 million. I would so. say that the Hurricanes' biggest weakness last year was their goaltending inconsistency. Not that they didn't have goalies that played well. It's just they were, they had, it seems like they ran through three goalies all year, which yeah. I think for a team is, it can be hard to do. So this is kind of like a retool in a way, like, okay, we have our number one, we have our number two goalie. Um, we did lose a lot. They're going to lost some capital and some players in the draft, but in the expansion draft, but also through free to see or whatever, whatever it might've been. Um, I like them to be in the top two in their division. That's, uh, that's a hot take. God, that division is so loaded. That's so loaded. Uh, uh... I, I'd have to think about that for a second. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll do an NHL preview, yes. uh, preview pod in a couple months. Once once all this dust settles, we're kind of still in the dust storm, not going to lie. Pretty much. Yeah. There's still a lot going on. Yeah. So we're going to be doing an NHL preview at some point here, but just yeah. got to get through free agency and all the goddamn moves and trades and everything. Uh, also signed by Carolina, Jordan, Jordan Martinuk. Three years, four point five million value. So he's got a one point eight cap hit. Yep. Ian Cole, one year, two point nine million. Josh Levo, one year, seven hundred fifty thousand. So Josh Levo's on the minimum, going to Carolina next year. And Tony D'Angelo signs one year and for one million dollars. You know, this is one of those take a chance type of moves. Um, D'Angelo had a obviously not great year with his life and he was not doing some good stuff but um if he can be like good and the, the hurricanes win the signing without a doubt it's only one million so it's like whatever it's you know the problem is just higher is signing a racist that's your biggest issue yeah. is that you're signing a, a troubled player with a bad off the ice pass, the ice pass yeah and it's it's just frustrating giving guys chances who I don't think deserve any more chances. Like I think if you're you know if you're punching out your goalie, if you're complain you know complaining about fucking people being too PC nowadays, and it it just sets a bad tone. That that's why I'm just. It's not I, a, I, I agree. It's not a great look. Um, but on, on the ice, off the offense is not a good look at all. But on the ice, if he can play to a certain level, then I think it'll be an okay look. But Carolina's going to have to justify that to the masses about why this signing was made. Yeah. Also, Carolina trades Warren Fogle for Ethan Bear, which yeah. I think is the deal that Carolina wins. But it's also – it's very close and it's very even. I agree with that too. I think Carolina, you know, gets the play, gets again, you, know, you can never, you can never replace Dougie Hamilton, but gets a player that plays right shock and plays some good, some decent minutes. Um, some people really don't like Ethan Bear because of how he plays. I think he's a good player. I think he's got 
some potential, got some room to grow. Um, yeah, I like I like the new move for Carolina, on, and I like it for Edmonton too. That helps both teams. So, uh, do you want to go through some more trades here quickly? Because we should probably talk about a few of these. Sure. Um, I think we should definitely talk about um, Flurry. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's the one that really came to mind. Um, so, so, so here I, I got TSN's trade tracker. So, Strawman goes to Arizona as well as a twenty twenty four second round pick. Arizona sending a 2023 seventh round pick back. The Jets acquire Brandon Dillon for two second round picks, uh, one in 2022, one in 2023. I, I like the move for Dillon. I think him and the, and the Mello would be a really good shutdown pair if they decide to yeah, go that way. I agree with that. Uh, and then Marc-Andre Fleury traded to Chicago from Vegas for Mikhail Hakaranian. This is the... Um where I talked about having an argument for the Blackhawks making the playoffs. Um, this is part of why um, Fleury, albeit I don't think he's happy leaving Vegas and I wouldn't be either because he was kind of the heart and soul of that team for their whole existence, essentially. Um, hockey's a business and Fleury's old and he's making a lot of money and they have Robin Leonard there who's pretty damn good himself. So um, I don't like the move. I'm Flurry, or if I'm Vegas, I think Flurry's a Golden Knight for the rest of his career, hopefully. But again, that's just not how it's gonna be. Um, damn, yeah. What are the odds that Flurry just retires? That he's just like, fuck it, I don't want to play for Chicago. I don't want to play for this organization. I don't want to be here. They're greater now than they were um, last like couple months ago. Yeah, I I think the other thing too is that to keep in mind, I think Flurry wants to play for Team Canada. In the, in the Olympics, and I think he needs to be on a team, doesn't he, for him to get consideration, or at least it would help. It would help, I think. Um, and there's a, there's a very real chance he'll play. He's, he's He just won the Vesna, so there's a pretty damn good chance he'll make, he'll, uh, make the Canadian team. I, I, I The other thing, I don't think this is entirely the point, but this is just another example of how stupid the salary cap is in the NHL where Vegas has to trade, uh, trade the best goalie in the NHL. Cause he was, I'll say he was awarded the business. One of the best goalies in the NHL. Yeah. They have to, they have to trade him to fit under this stupid cap. And I granted Vegas didn't have to trade him. Vegas could trade Leonard. They didn't have to sign Leonard. They couldn't, they, there's a bunch of different steps they could have avoided to get to this point. But the fact that the NHL also has this in a system where it's like, hey, you got to be cat compliant. And yeah. it, I, it frustrates me. It, it's not, again, it's not the whole point. It's not the whole story. It's just another element to this that just frustrates me. No, um, I, and I still think Vegas is going to be good next year. Oh, yeah. But there is something to be said for losing your locker room voice, a guy who's been with the team since day one. Absolutely. And one of the key pieces of the team from day one. So there's still a few guys that are there, Carlson, Smith, Marsha. So, um, but again, even like, even with that, it's still Theodore as well. Um, but point, point is like, it's still, I don't know if I like this move. It's just, uh, it really, it really shocked me. I was like, why? Like I had never understood why Larry had to go, but you're right. Flat cap and the expansion draft probably didn't ha help with any of that. I mean, not that the, 
the Golden Knights didn't lose anyone to the draft. They were exempt from it. But even still, the influence of it didn't help, and especially the flat cap was really an issue for every team, but especially a team like the Golden Knights, who's close to Lark. So. Curtis McDermott goes to Colorado for a fourth-round pick to the Kraken in 2023. Nate Schmidt goes to the Jets from Vancouver for a 2022 third-round pick. I, I'll talk. I'll talk about this briefly. I think it's a bit too early for the Canucks to be giving up on Schmidt. I, I think that's really unfair to him if you're judging his entire experience based on this past year where we had COVID restrictions, no fans, a weird season. I don't know if I would have given up on him this early if I was Vancouver, but I don't even now, know if they gave, gave up on. Him. I think they just ran out of again cap space. We talked about and they had to keep get OEL, who I think is an upgrade from Schmidt. And they're going to try get have um, what's his name uh, Rathbone kind of get in there and play some more minutes. And the Canucks have defensemen that are there. Hamannik is back again. Um, the Canucks have like they have players that are there and that need the minutes. And I think oh Tucker Pullman also was signed. I think he's also an upgrade from Schmidt. So maybe an upgrade from Schmidt, but he's a a better fit for the team that Schmidt is. So it costs less than what Schmidt is for uh, exactly, yeah. Better that's value, more like a better fit. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like the Canucks' decor. It's better now, at least, um, than it was last year. So, uh, Tyler Johnson to Chicago and a 2023 second round pick for defenseman Brent Seabrook. Well, Seabrook's retired. It's just, it's just the contract of Seabrook, but pretty much. Um, this is a, a big salary cap dump for Tampa Bay. Um, and they, this again, this helps with the whole Chicago making the playoffs thing. Um, this gives Johnson's a, a second or he's a middle six center essentially. He'll probably, if Taves is back, he'll be the third line center behind him and Doc. Yeah, um, and that's a good role for him. That's a great, I think it's a great spot for him. And he could be a that's, uh, second line <laughs> center in some worlds, but. Um, no, I, I think this is okay for the, the Hawks. Um, they take on some money and they, they get a pretty good player out of it. Johnson's was very like under the radar in Tampa because there were so many other players that were better than him. But I think he'll be he'll step up and play well. Uh, we got a few more trades here, we'll, t- we'll discuss here. Uh, Nikita Zadorov going from Chicago to Calgary for a 2022 third round pick. Um, amazing that Calgary wanted to give up an asset to acquire Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, especially an asset like a third-round pick. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's a fine move. I don't have any complaints or issues with it. Uh, again, of getting Dadanoff to Vegas for Nick Holden and a 2022 third-round pick. Um, I mean, I kind of don't get it from Ottawa's perspective because this was one of your top free agent signings last year, and I guess they just – Needed was another... right. He was never a, he never seemed comfortable in Ottawa. No, never... that's probably true. Um, I think Nick Holden's a good upgrade on defense. They Ottawa's defense was well, safe to say, garbage um, last year, and they don't need another dad and all. They have a bunch of guys coming up through their system that are going to be better than him and that need bigger roles. Say a guy like Stutzler is going to play first nine minutes, hopefully next year. Um, Kachuk's got to play more. Obviously, Norris was really good. Um, there's other players in Ottawa that are younger and that are forwards and that are more skilled and arguably and um, Dadanov's a good like piece on Vegas that's going to, I don't know he's going to help, I think he'll be a second or third line guy and 
put the puck in the net for you. Well, I hope that's true because, you know, God forbid, God forbid someone get traded to Vegas and then not do well. And maybe um, I don't know if part of the um, package that's, that gets Eichel from the Sabres. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Possibly Scott throwing stuff out there. Vegas does need a number one center. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils. The Sabres acquire Will Butcher in a 2022 fifth-round pick for future considerations. Uh, this was also a bit of a cap dunk, considering I think Butcher makes $3, 4000000 million. And with the added Dougie Hamilton contract, as well as P.K. Subban and Graves, they, they just couldn't fit at all. So Butcher goes to Buffalo for future considerations. Uh, I actually like Butcher. I think this is a good deal for the Sabres. I hope he works out well there, but... Yeah, we'll see. Not a lot of things work out well in Buffalo, but we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, goalie Daniel Vladar to Calgary, 2023 third round back to Boston. He's probably going to be their backup goalie behind Markstrom yep. until until Dustin Wolf can get in there for uh, for the flame, former Everett netminder. Um. And we mentioned the Vanacek trade uh, to Seattle for a 2023 second round pick. Okay. Uh, any more free? We got to listen. We're not going to be able to cover every free agent signing, unfortunately, because I just don't think we have the time to do so. But I'll go through it quickly. Uh, Tony D'Angelo to Carolina, Wenberg to Seattle. That I think it's a fine move for Seattle. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Cal Cal Palmieri, unsigned, but all signs point to him going back to the Islanders. Jaden Schwartz to Seattle. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, I believe, re-signed in Nashville, did he not? Re-signed in Nashville, yep. That's a good move for the Predators. Uh, Peter Morazic to Toronto. I like that for Toronto. It's a good move. It's a great move, actually. I think I think for what his role will be, it makes sense. I don't necessarily think he's an upgrade over Freddie Anderson. No, he's not. But but, but if Morazic is in your one B net minor and Campbell's your one A, I think you're doing all right. Yep. Paul Stastny going to Winnipeg. Uh, still, again, he's back, uh, which is going to be difficult considering there is no airport in Winnipeg. So I guess he's driving there. Um, that's one of my favorite jokes is the there is no airport in Winnipeg joke. That's one of my favorite jokes of all time. <laughs> uh, one of the most under I was gonna say one of the most underrated signings of the of the yes. day. Uh, Pius Suter from Chicago. He got signed with Detroit. Yes. Two years, three point two five million. Um, I'm I'm gonna say it's not Ian. 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 Everyone knows Ian's opinion on this. This is a great signing from Ian, but an objective opinion right here. Um, <laughs> great signing. Um, Pius Suter was. Very, he played pretty damn well with Chicago. He, he, I think he got the Calder votes. Um, and he, I don't know, you'll, you'll be a good piece behind Larkin. Behind, um, well, there's so many good players that are there now. Um, Larkin's the number one. Nemestikov was kind of, was thought to be like a number two center, and it didn't, really work, it didn't really work out. I think there's going to be a battle between Suter and uh, Nemestikov, unless they, they might bring in another, but. Jack Eichel to Detroit, maybe? No. Maybe Jack Eichel? No, they don't need Eichel. No. Maybe, maybe no. Jack Eichel. No, but anyways, um, pretty much there, there's going to be a battle for like the second line center. It could be Domesticoff. It could be Suter. It could be Joe Valeno who comes out of nowhere and takes this. Michael Rasmussen comes out and takes yeah. the second. Those are just I, two first round picks. We haven't done anything yet. So. Yeah, so they might come out and get the second line spot too. But 
Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that I think Suter had like a hat trick. Like he he's known for doing really well against the Red Wings. He had a hat trick against them last season. So maybe he likes playing in a uh, Little Caesars Arena. He likes that uh, free Little Caesars, right? Maybe he does. Maybe he yeah. enjoys the post game Little Caesars. Uh, yeah. Hey, stuff. Yeah. Stuffed uh, cheesy crust, right? Maybe or... some some crazy bread. Yeah, well, it's the best. Uh, Corey Perry, uh, he just signed this morning with Tampa Bay for two years, two million dollars. Um, he basically pulls like the Kevin Durant, and he basically just joins the team that beat him. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. So pretty much go, um, goes to show you what kind of player Corey Perry is. No, no, no. I think Perry's actually a really good fit in Tampa Bay. Um, he'll be again. He's he's not a regular season guy. He's a playoff. He's there for the playoffs. And Tampa once lost a lot of their good playoff performers from their two cup runs this year because of expansion draft because of free agency. So he comes in and replaces them along with the Pierre Edward Belmar, who is Colorado. Yes, uh, and he's now with Tampa Bay and he, him and Perry will kind of will make up part of that fourth line. That's going to be pretty deadly. Not going to lie. I saw that for Tampa, Bay, the Belmar sign. I'm like, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense That's for cool. what the lightning like to do and who they want to play as. Especially with all their uh, off season subtractions from Gord to um, Johnson to Savard, who they lost to Montreal. Yeah, so that was the um, next not, next guy I was going to bring up. But. Yeah, so there, there was a few guys they lost, but again, they're doing their best to keep the core intact, including Braden Point, who just signed uh, five years, $9.5 million yeah. per year. Yeah, so big money, but again, he you'd almost think he'd be worth more. You'd almost think. You'd almost think, but... Um... Yaroslav Polak, you mentioned it earlier. He goes to Vancouver. Uh, he's probably going to serve the 1B role behind Thatcher Demko. He struggled a little bit in Boston last year. I, I don't think things were completely um, solid foundation. Boston was a little bit kind of all over the place last year with COVID, um, trying to compete, Rask in his situation. Yep. So... Halak goes to Vancouver. I think it makes a lot of sense for Vancouver. It, it's part of why I like them to make the playoffs this upcoming season. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. But also, I think it's more about the trades they, they made leading up to it. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Halak, you know, provides, like, a steady backup presence in the net. And he's a, he's a veteran. He's an experienced guy. And he'll kind of help Demko along a bit, for sure. Uh, we we – Talk about David Savard. He's essentially going to Montreal to replace Shea Weber, even though I don't think you can replace Shea Weber and all that he does. No. But he's a, he's a big physical right shot guy. Um, just won a Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay. So um, Montreal saw him up and close. And, yeah, he's he's a good player. I, I, I think Savard's a good player. And, um, yeah, we'll, I, we'll see. Again, Montreal's in a very interesting situation with all they've done, all their offseason moves. And, especially with their uh, first-round pick, uh, Logan Mayu is his name. And, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. It'll be interesting. Yeah, the Habs are, re- Habs are really, you know, flexing about how, you know, responsible and mature they are as a franchise with the Logan Mayu draft pick. No, you a- would think for a franchise that's 110 years old, you think they'd be a little more mature. but you think they would be smarter than that, but they aren't. But the, uh, Shadow Mark Bergeron for not being smart enough. Um, I, I guess we should all. I, I 
I, we'll talk about two more players, unless it, and then you can you can throw out any other players, any other teams you want to talk about. Jonathan Bernier goes to New Jersey, so he's going to be with Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, weird deal for Bernier because he gets dealt to Carolina because they figured he could get a deal done with the Hurricanes to be the starter there. Doesn't. Carolina doesn't want to pay him. And then he goes to New Jersey and gets what he uh, thinks he's worth. So yeah. he's a backup. He's new devil's new backup. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I personally, I think that's a really good. Bernie's actually been really good. Like for the most part, like he was posting like nine, 10 saves percentage. We were talking about this in the last pod with Ravin Cal. Yeah. He's been posting nine, 10 save percentage, like in the last three years with Detroit, he's been doing like, he has no business doing as well as he did in Detroit. So I think it yeah. makes sense that he gets a good deal from New Jersey. Uh, and then the last player I just I thought we should mention is Alex Edler going to LA from LA, Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, this is I think this is a byproduct more of Ekman Larson um, moving in and kind of taking that role ish in a way. I think, um, and well, kind of from Schmidt too, but I guess Pullman kind of replaces Schmidt in a way, mm-hmm. and Ekman Larson replaces Edler, sort of in a way. And I think those I think those yeah. are both I think those are both upgrades for Vancouver and. We both talked about Vancouver as a playoff team, and I think they are. I actually think they are a playoff team. So um, only time will tell, but go Canucks, I guess. Uh, do you have any other names, any other teams, free agent-wise, that you want to discuss? I mean, there's so much here. We're not going to be able to. Oh, it's, there's so, I think it's like 80 signings, and there's still going to be some. Um, there's still stuff coming out as we chat here. As we chat, exactly. Um, Brandon Saw to St. Louis was this morning, $5 million per a lot of money for Brandon Saad, but or four sorry four point five million per year. That's a lot of money for Brandon Saad, but again, he brings cup experience. He brings some kind of leadership, some veteran presence in a way. I like it for St. Louis. Um, They're a weird team. Like I, I compared them on the last yeah. podcast, like the Philadelphia Eagles, because the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and then since they won that Super Bowl, it's kind of just been like a slow but steady just decline. Carson Wentz is Jordan Bennington, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And, and I don't know. I, I, I think the Blues will be okay this next season. I I think they'll make the playoffs, but... Yeah, only time will tell. Um, I'd also like to shout out Ryan Getzlaff for coming back to the mm. Um, One year, basically minimum contract, I believe. Uh, oh, I thought it was more than that. It was more than that, yeah. One year, $4.5 million. Um. This might be his last year in Anaheim. It might be. And this might be the year where um, he kind of does like his, his veteran leadership and kind of helps Zegers and helps McTavish and some of the younger guys, Drysdale even, like kind of get their, their feet under them. And then once they're going and good to go, he's going to retire as a duck. I hope he does retire as a duck because he was an absolute legend for the franchise. His number will be up in the rafters, no doubt about it. Now, I don't think this is going to happen but I do kind of want to bring it up in case the Ducks actually want to make moves at the deadline. Yep. There is, you know, he doesn't have a no trade clause and he doesn't have like a no movement clause. So Anaheim yeah. is free to like retain half his salary yep. and trade him at the deadline for possibly assets if they could get something. They might get a lot of assets for him because he, think about Getzlav. He's a, you know, yeah, he's old. He's 36, 36, 37 now, but he is, Still an effective playmaker. He's still one of the best passers in the NHL, I think. Gets left to Toronto? Question mark. Maybe. 
Uh, they're talking about get, sending him to Edmonton, but I it never worked out, obviously. But it might happen through um, the trade then, anyways. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Getzlaff. But I like that he's staying in Anaheim for now. Well, don't worry. No one overvalues their players more than the Ducks and Bob Murray. So there's probably a good chance he doesn't get traded, anyways. Well, that's why Eichel's not in Anaheim yet, because I mean, I guess yeah. I don't know. It's it's a uh, Listen, I get that you like Zegers and Drysdale. I would too, and I'm yeah, not saying you should necessarily. Yeah, I'm not saying you should necessarily trade them, but it's just like the fact you couldn't get a deal for like Adam Henrique last year at the deadline. Like you couldn't find a good enough trade right now. Um, do you have anything else you want to discuss? We do have mailbag questions that we should probably oh, we get. Yes, oh, we, ha- we have. We uh, have kind of two questions well we have five responses okay yeah i'll, I'll, I'll go through it first so sure. jevin lefebvre from left side heavy shadow jevin he uh he asked would you have prioritized bringing grubauer back over landis gog or is land or is landry and kemper landry and kemper better than grubauer timmons in the first I'm assuming he, I'm assuming he's referring to Landis Gog, Landy and Kemper, yeah, Landy. Be, better than Grubauer, wow. Timmonson at first. I would say probably Landy, Kemper. I would probably take that over. Kemper. It's how you value Philip Grubauer. If you think he's better than Kemper, then I don't think it's. I think it's a no-brainer. I think you'd rather keep Grubauer if you can. But again, this is another thing. It's a kind of a cap issue as well. Is that Grubauer's valued at as a better goaltender, that's why he gets paid more. And um, he's obviously getting the bag in Seattle now. And Kemper's no slouch either. He's a good goalie. There was they were talking about him last year being on the Canadian Olympic team. There was talk about it. he was then he was gonna be number three guy on that team. And um Timmons in a first is a lot for a goalie like that. But again, if he's the goalie that pushes them past the second round, which they haven't done for a long time, by the way. Since 01, I believe. Um, then I'm all for it. Go, yeah. It, it's, I, I see both sides. I see both, but that's actually a really good question. Well, it's it's it, it's kind of like the the Tampa Bay, you know, Coleman and Goodrow thing. Like it's yep. a lot to trade for those guys, but if it works out and the team goes and wins the cup, no one's asking if it was a smart move or a good, you know, because you won the cup. No one's criticizing your moves. No, of course. No. So that's. So I would probably do Landis Gog and Kemper, but it's hard to say. Again, yeah. it's the, the loyalty in the business of hockey that's unfortunately hard not to do. To hard to keep the loyalty, especially with how the cap is this year. Um, I would say Landis Gog Grubauer, but I I see both sides. Um, Ravisher, that's why Pete created Ravisher. He asked, "Who are the winners and the losers?" So Boston's a winner. Boston's a winner, definitely. Vancouver? I think they're off-season winner to, to this date. I mean, we can have the whole debate. Well, about- okay, why do you like the Ekman-Larsen trade so much? Actually, yeah, you haven't had me on since this happened. Yeah, so, why do you, so explain why you like that contract so much. So the contract itself isn't good. I will fully admit that. But Ekman-Larsen's an upgrade from Schmidt. He's an upgrade from Edler. Pullman, uh, also signing from the Canucks, is also an upgrade from those guys. He's a better fit for the Canucks decor. Ekman Larson and Garland make them a playoff team now. And that's what I think Jim Benning wanted after a disappointing year with 
how things happened with COVID and their COVID outbreak and all that, that really didn't help anybody and kind of made for an, an upset fan base in uh, Vancouver here. Um, I can't wait till I go to like my next Canucks game in person. and I can just start the fire Benning chant. <laughs> I, I mean, now the team actually might be good. So there's probably not going to happen. Be good. And that's the thing is that every, you know, their young guys have gotten a year of experience now and, um, they dumped a lot of their salary. Colby's gone now. They dumped uh, Baby Goal, Louis Erickson, finally. Um, Vertanen's gone. Vertanen's gone, too, which is good. Pa- pa- apparently, it was only hockey reasons, not anything off the ice as to so, why he was let go. I mean, I think it would have happened that he, he was going to get let go anyways, but he still wasn't that good of a player. He wasn't effective. No, he was not. No, he is um, not. He's still not an effective player. Still not an effective player. Um the Canucks are instantly better, and especially if guys like Pod Colson and Hoglander st- step in and really make an impact. Canucks are a playoff team, and you never know what they can do in the playoffs. You saw they almost they took Vegas to seven games. You you, you never know what they can do, right? The a a Hoglander Bo uh, Garland line would be a really fun line to watch this upcoming season. Same with the um, Hoglander. Dickinson and Pod Colson line. That would yeah. be pretty, that'd be one of the best third lines in the NHL. Um, I don't know if there's a, a, another winner I have off the top. Boston comes to mind. Vancouver did okay. I'd say New uh, Jersey's almost a winner. New Jersey's probably a winner because they got the best player and they got him for about market value. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, Philadelphia too. You could you could argue they were more of an off season winner, but. I don't like the wrist of line. The fact that you give up a first line, a first round pick for wrist of line, and that might be like one of the. But but if wrist of line plays better in a new situation, which he might, again he's. But you don't. But you don't need to give up a first liner for or a first rounder for him. You don't need to give up a first round pick for wrist of line. There's no need. There, it's the price for a right shot D man who can play, who can put a, put points in, on the board, right? I That's guess. the price. That's the price for, an, like a guy like him, a right shot defenseman, right? It's. They're hard to come by, and a guy that's big like him that can play physical minutes, play some minutes, and also score, you don't find that very often. That's why first-round picks are the price for a player like him. As a, a losing team, Edmonton Carolina. a little bit. Carolina, huh? I'd say Carolina. Carolina. Carolina is definitely a losing team. Yeah. Toronto? I mean, they're, they're – they didn't really do a whole lot, but right. Yeah. There weren't many losers this in the in this. Everyone kind of got what they wanted in a way. There, yeah. I don't really have any like. Maybe there wasn't on. there wasn't anybody who like I out, outside of like Edmonton who's who all their moves I've been questioning. Um, as a loser, I, I I think it's the Oilers who might be the Flames maybe. And who? Yeah. Yeah, I would say a, 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 not a loser or winner, but like a wild card could go either way is Chicago. Yeah. Especially with their Seth Jones signing. If, and Caleb Jones obviously is there and um, both Docs, Kirby and Colton are both uh, Blackhawks now. But um, I don't know. Chicago could be like the second place team in the Central and they could be like eight last. or seven. Yeah, they could be last. It it's We'll see what happens, but. There'll be a, a team I'm keeping an eye on for sure. I uh, kind of like the same with Seattle. I think Seattle they they won free agency because they got the best 
goalie available, but I agree. Yep. Um, I, I think Seattle did really well. Uh, Ravisher asked, did Jim Benning kill it? I don't know if he killed it, but he, he did he a, made his team better. He that's, made his team better. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. He's pushing all of his issues and problems down the line, which is smart because then he won't be with the team anymore. So that that's a, a smart GM is to put his, you know, all of his past responsibilities and failures on to the next guy. I mean, he had to kind of clean up the, the mess Mike Gillis made before him. So it's like, but all those signings were his fault anyways. Like all the Beagle and fucking Michelle yeah, okay. and Eric's. Sure. sure, but I'm just saying before that, he had to deal up with the aftermath of Mike Gillis and when he left. So he, he's going, he's kind of doing like the whole like second round of cleaning shit up. Yeah. He brought in Schmidt. Yeah. He brought he brought in uh, fucking Roussel, Erickson. He brought in all those guys. And now he's like, I, something is wrong here. It's like, did I show you that guy, that hot dog sketch that I think you should leave one where he drove his hot dog car into the clothing shop. And he's just like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. And it's the guy <laughs> wearing the hot dog costume. Like that's Jim Benny's like, we're trying to figure out who screwed up the Canucks. It's just like, it's you. It's clearly <laughs> you. you. You didn't show me that one, but you showed me okay. Coffin Flops, which is really funny. So Coffin think- Flops rocks. I love Coffin Flops. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ian's very high on the show. I think you should leave. It's a Netflix show, right? Yes, it's a Netflix sketch comedy show, and they're trying—they're trying to say that Coffin Flops isn't a show, and it just rocks. Um, it is funny. I don't think Jim Benning killed it, but he at least avoided all those problems for a few more years till the next person. Yep, I agree. He made the team better. So, watching my dog. My dog's watching me here. He's got his eyes on me. Go lie down, Cat. He's checking you out. I guess. Um, he 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 heard that we were talking about Jim Benny. He's like, I'm interested in Jim Benny. <laughs> uh, Ravisher, final question. Ravisher asks, why did Holland look at how bad CC and Barry in Toronto, how bad CC and Barry were in Toronto, and was like, I want that. You could also say that about Zach Hyman too, but Zach Hyman was actually good. So uh, Hyman actually did his like he fulfilled his role in Toronto. The problem also, I think Barry was okay in Toronto. The problem is just his expectations were way too high because of the fact it's Toronto and he was a part of the Cadre trade, yeah. which didn't help. Um, if you're putting Barry and CC on a line together in Edmonton, good luck, Dave Tippett. I wish you the best. Uh, but they're not going to. It's going to be Nurse and Barry, and then CeCe's going to play with Keith, hopefully. Or... That also sounds like... Uh... Well, that's your opinion, and we've talked we talked about that earlier. I think the Oilers are a playoff team, but that's my our debate. We'll, we'll have a really good chat about that once we have our season preview. Yes. I, a, I, good, I, good argument there. I can't wait to talk shit about that. Um, that's all the questions we have. We didn't nearly cover probably enough or everything. Uh, that went on on free agent frenzy. Um, any final thoughts hockey wise for at least the next couple of days, maybe things cool down for a little bit. Yeah. Moves. I'm kind of hoping things cool down a little bit. Cause there's been a lot going on. Um, I just want to quickly talk about the draft. Um, yes. I listened to, uh, again, I wasn't on part of the podcast with Ravisher and Callum, but that was the great show. One of the greatest shows actually that you guys have done. Um, I love the McTavish pick. That's that's a such a Bob Murray move um, from Anaheim. Third overall, I throw after one and two, the f- draft the uh, draft was wide open. Who knew who's going to get picked where? 
Um, it could have been Edmondson, could have been Gunther even at three. Um, but I like the McTavish move. He's a shooter. He's a guy that can put, put the puck in the net, which is what Anaheim desperately needs. He's big. He's kind of plays a bit of with a bit of edge. Um, I love it. It's a great move. Eklund, biggest steal of the draft. Um, he fell to seven. He should have gone at least at least five, or he could have gone higher. But Eklund to the Sharks is a good move. Wallstead also dropped off a cliff. Um, Carson Lambos was also could have gone, should have gone higher. But yeah, I really good draft. I was actually funny after like fifth. I was expecting after like six or seven, the players would be shit. But after fifteen, like there's some good players in the top fifteen. For sure. Yeah, I th- I think I mean we're gonna have our, our conversation with Josh Bell uh, later on for the podcast. We're gonna I, I got a conversation with Josh coming up, but essentially, I think I thought it was a really like the the the, the storyline here. Here's how I put it: the storyline I think for this past draft class was that there wasn't any elite prospects. That, like there wasn't any A plus or maybe even A prospects, but there's a lot of guys who could be like B plus B guys, top in, four guys, top six. Forwards. Yeah, like I don't think anybody is gonna be like I don't think there is anybody for you to build your franchise around. But I think there was a lot of guys who eventually will just be plug and play. You can get them in, no issues. Yeah, I would say Owen Power is the closest guy to like a bona fide number number one like like center number one player and he's a defenseman so number one defenseman but even still i don't think he's like the number one defenseman not like a Darlene in buffalo no no like i like <clears throat> there's a good chance that power probably i don't say i don't not a good chance but there's there is a chance that power might not even play in the nhl in his first year yeah that is like, true actually. and and i don't i don't think that would be a, a horrible mistake if they said no I that. think it'll be good for his development to go play on the junior team in for Canada and go play Michigan for. Yeah, I don't have an issue with that. Neither do I. Um, but the, the draft itself, I mean, my favorite duct pick was of course Olin Zellweger, Everett yeah. Silvertip. Oh, yeah. that was, he, I was almost a steal, I think. All some people were talking about him being a first rounder, but he yeah. go he goes in the early second round. No, no complaints from from Biggie. Um, we talked about Simon Edmondson going to the Red Wings. He is probably going to be lining up next to Mo Sider for the top D pair for the next 10 years for the Red Wings. I don't know if he, he's going to the NHL right away, but him and Sider are, him and Sider are going to be a top pairing for yeah. a while. Uh, I don't know if there's any other real star pick, like, there's a lot of quality players. I'll just say there's a oh, lot of quality sure. players. And because this draft class was so wide open because of how COVID impacted it and how scouting and all this sort of jazz, who knows? Who knows? McTavish might be the best player in a draft class for all we know. Might, who, who, he actually might be, yeah. Like Ken Johnson might be a great pick. I, I, Can I just say how nasty Kent Johnson is. That was, that was another great pick. Um, Callum and I were talking uh, before his po- the podcast and also before this one uh, about how Kent Johnson would hopefully fall to what was then the Canucks ninth overall pick. Mm-hmm. I was, there's no way he's getting that low. He's so nasty. It's really good. So former trail BC trail smoke eater of the yep. BCHL from Port Moody. He also played, I believe for Burnaby winter club. Um, big fans of Kent Johnson. Maybe we can get Kent to come on the podcast, local yep. boy. Get yeah, him yeah. on the pod. Yeah. Um, you should also take a look at his elite prospects uh, 
photo if you get the opportunity. It it is it's pretty funny. It's pretty it's timeless. Okay, good. Job. Um, any any anything else before we head out here and Ian get some shut eye since he's had a little to no sleep over the last uh, four days covering sevens. No, I'm oh, I'm I'm content. Yeah, go go Ducks, and we'll we'll have a good NHL preview. Um, that'll be like a three-hour podcast. It could yeah, be. that's good. That's good. We have to break that up into like multiple segments. Segments, yeah. We'll have to do a Western Conference, Eastern Conference kind of segment. But um, no, it's gonna be. <clears throat> it'll be a really good. It's exciting that we have a full 82 game season, and then there's also the whole Olympics thing, which could be. Um, Olympics important. and an All Star break, baby. Yeah, potentially. Uh, it's good. Well, we need it. The 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 uh, fans of hockey fans in the world need it. Um, it'll be good for the league. It'll be good for the, the sport and bring it on. Yeah. Let's go. 21, 22 should be a good year. Speaking of good, that is the speak your peace podcast. We just killed it again. Thank you very much, everybody for watching and listening. Um, basically I'll do, I'll do the quick outro here. We're on YouTube. Be sure, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we're on Spotify and, and uh, Apple podcast. I keep saying iTunes, but it's not iTunes. It's Apple. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you very much again for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back with one more podcast to end the week with our guy, Josh Bell, talking about NHL draft prospects. Until then, talk to you soon.